Welcome to the Inside in Indian Country podcast, your premier source of accounting and business discussions affecting Indian Country. Presented by REDW. All right. Hey, Ryan, Mr. Claw, thank you Hello. for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you very much. Um, you know, for those of you listening today, I'd like to introduce Ryan Claw, CPA, uh, Treasurer of the Tohono O'odham Nation. Welcome, Ryan. Hey. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know he's West, but um, I guess for the other people out there, hello. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, this is a, a little bit different medium than we're used to, right? We're always usually, yeah. uh, you know, talking over some coffee or lunch or something like that, but mm-hmm. really just want to take the opportunity to kind of share some of your knowledge, your experience, and really kind of your path to where you're at today. And, um, you know, for, for everybody that, that's out there listening, Ryan's, you know, well, but Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're, you're a CPA licensed in the state of Arizona. So yeah, you know, how did how did you get into uh, finance and accounting? Well, um, let's see. It probably had to be back in high school, like probably when I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. Uh, I think how I first came about any idea of doing accounting was, you know, taking a ASVAB test that they do typically in, in high school and, you know, it showed that accounting was, you know, something I'd probably be good at. So, um, after that, I mean, after going to here at the U of A in, in Tucson, um, you know, first day of orientation, we had to select what our majors are. So I probably just picked the county and rolled with it. <laughs> and I, I mean, it ended up being good. I mean, I enjoyed the classes and did fairly well in them and, and, just stuck with it. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> you're uh, probably like the second guy I know in all my accounting career for you know 15 plus years or something like that. That kind of knew they were going to go into accounting out of high school. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even take, I didn't even take um, accounting classes or anything in high school. I had nothing, uh, knew nothing about it, and yeah, had family members that were accountants or CPAs. It was just something I just did just because I. As Bab said, I'd be good at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, usually, what I when I find that you know talk to people, they're like, "There's either, well, it's either a change in career when it's that's a kind of one of them. The other is like, well, I tried for engineering and I find out that I wasn't for it, and I kind of just fell into it. Kind of like, oh, okay, well, great, thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that it's kind of it's kind of weird though because it's like. I mean, if I had to do something other than accounting, I think what my passion would be is like writing movie scripts, you know, for the oh, big nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I enjoy writing on, on the side, but I don't know. Yeah. One of these days. <laughs> well, that's cool. You know what? That's kind of interesting because um, my other, you know, kind of, uh, if you will, thought on some of this stuff is like, I like creative writing i i don't know why as i i like to um i don't know it's it's interesting too because from an auditor's perspective i'm sure i know in your past you know you've 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 been an auditor at some point in time you know you're yeah you're doing more technical writing than you actually are sometimes with accounting you know so you know you're you're documenting work papers and all this good stuff but i don't want to get too nerdy with it but you know i was <laughs> i always like to kind of think critically you know, I guess maybe that's where it's coming from. I don't know, but you know, that's just um, one thing there. So, 
So obviously you, you yeah. decided to get into accounting and you, you took it from there. Sorry, you uh, picked the wrong school, but you know, we won't go. Down. <laughs> <laughs> Stanford's going down this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, for those who listen now, you obviously, if you're from the, if you're from the desert here in Arizona, you know, obviously there's a big rivalry between U of A and ASU, probably just like any other state, but you know, I'm an ASU no, student, <laughs> but you know, so from that standpoint, you know, that's just kind of give me rise some, some hard time there, but, um, no, obviously then, you know, you you got your accounting degree and you move on from there. So what, what kind of sparked your interest to actually go and take it the extra step to become a CPA? What, what inspired you to get to that point? Uh, you know what? I, I don't really think of it as an extra step. I just like going through accounting and, you know, just associating with other accounting students in the class is just something that was expected. I, I mean, I thought that's just what we had to do, you know, just part of the being a, a, an accountant. And so just, mm-hmm exercising whatever I needed to do to get to that point. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, as soon as I, mean, I was at accounting, you know, senior year, already making preparations for the CPA exam. I know I was in some accounting honorary, I think it was called Beta Alpha Psi, you know, and was able to secure, you know, um, test preparation materials through them and started studying for it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always thought it was just something that it was expected. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's a good point. You know, uh, more and more as I talk to students, you know, coming out of college now, it's like it's almost that you have to motivate them to really do it. And they're, you know, a lot of a lot of them these days are you don't. I I don't know. I'm not seeing that same mentality. Like, okay, well, yeah, I just thought it was a part of what we had to do. You know, it's more yeah. us now. I mean, think, it seems like they made things a little bit more. Um, some extra steps to do that. I mean, like my daughter, um, Brooke, she was, um, had to go and get her master's in, in accounting to get, you know, the extra hours that are needed now. Um, so I mean, that there when I went through it, but I mean, she's just, I mean, making that effort for herself. Yeah. That was good to hear. All I do is breed, um, accountants. I have my son. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was doing. That's what I was going to say. Is, oh, man. My son, U of A, they're all going to accounting. So, <laughs> Oh, look at that. That's that's crazy. Well, hey, uh, they always got a job here. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. Good thing that's this cool. is recording. I'm going to show them. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Too bad they're the wrong school, though. That's the only thing. <laughs> well, hey, uh, that's, that's cool. Well, you know... Um, with that, you know, what hurdles, like, you know, I know that, um, a lot of time when I speak to, you know, individuals that are, um, trying to pursue, pursue the CPA exam, it is kind of a cumbersome process. And I think maybe you've had these discussions with your kids as well, but, um, you know, did you face any big hurdles as you were going along that, that journey, or did you feel like, you know, it, it's it's two different stories. A lot of times, I see is that you know, for some people, it's kind of an easier process just because they have more discipline. They could sit down and study, or yeah. maybe some of them are trying to pursue the 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 license during work. You know, and we all know that if you're in public accounting, it can be kind of hard only because you know you're consistently doing client work, trying to keep up at that pace. 
And then when you get done, you're having to sit down and study. So if yeah. you could describe your journey a little bit for our listeners out there, that'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I, I feel like there are probably more hurdles then than there are now. I mean, I feel like if I were to do it now, it'd probably be easier. But I mean, back then, um, I mean, we had to take all four parts of the exam at one sitting. And when I did that, I think I two tries sitting at the exam and trying to do it all at one time, two tries, no X. It was like, I, I, I mean, I just passed like one part and it wasn't enough to kind of keep that as my record then I can only take three the next time or something. It was just, I don't know. I didn't have, I wasn't really as focused at that point. So, I mean, having that hurdle of just having to pass all four parts at one time, I think that was one. I mean, nowadays, I mean, I think you can do it at one, one test at a time. So it meant that in my mind, that seems easier. But when I was going through and in, in studying for the exam, I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, the biggest hurdle probably might be social life. It was like I, had to give that up for a little bit. On the third time that I, I tried, I, I went through this, you know, just aggressive study session three months leading up to the exam. You know, my life was Saturday, 18 hours of studying, Sunday, 18 hours of studying, work week, six hours from six till, till midnight, like five days a week, did that for three months. And I think for the week prior to the exam, it was like almost like 24 hours a day for a whole week just to be ready for the exam. But it paid off. I mean, when I, when I actually took the exam, it was like, it, it was like, I, it felt like I knew everything on the exam at question, question, question. I was going through like maybe 15 multiple choice questions at one time, just knowing the answer. I was like, it was verbatim on the prep material that I was taking. Um, every now and then, I mean, I would stumble across something I, I, I didn't, you know, wasn't familiar with. Found out later on that, you know, the test organizers, they do throw in a couple of new test questions out there just to, kind of, I don't know, just to get some feelers out there, how these new test questions would go. So it's, so I, I can see like the question that would come up, it's like totally new, like, and, and never seen this one before, but, you know, I got through it. I actually passed the exam. Like, I mean, I probably overdid it in, t- in terms of study. I mean, I was like, up like top scorer in the state. I mean, not the top, but you know, among the top, I should say. You know, um, passed the whole thing with. I mean, if you were to use the percentages, it was like ninety plus percent on on all four parts. So it's like, yeah. it, it, I mean, for those that are out there, that I mean, you don't have to do it that way. I mean, you can get by with a seventy percent or like 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 Wes. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was I was actually going to tell you that uh, I, uh, you know how people talk about they're part of the uh, 300 club. They just do the 75 percent all the way through. Do something through it. I'm joking, but oh, it's all good. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Um, so you know that's that's actually good. You know because that the the conversation I always have with. People who are trying to do that, you know, with um, team members that are coming up is they, I don't, a lot of them don't have, I guess, want to, you know, dedicate that kind of time to make it happen. You know, obviously today, like a lot of kids or tensions are, are small, so they can't really focus for 18 hours straight or something. I was, I was actually thinking about that, uh, right? Uh, I, I could imagine that uh, Folgers Coffee Sure, price probably went up there in that period when you were when you were studying, you know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, 
you know, I, I kind of take the approach when I give some advice as well. Well, you know, you need to kind of break out your day, right? Like maybe two hours in the morning, hour at lunch, two hours at night. Then you kind of get in the rhythm, you feel, build some confidence, you start going. And so that's, um, that's kind of the difference I see then. I think some people are still out there that punch out those, those crazy hours, you know, like that. But I think I only did that one exam. I, and I, I think I actually kind of got lucky because I took it during like busy season. So, you know, you know, they obviously like grade on a curve. So that, that might've been something that, you know, kind of got me through that, that little hurdle there was, uh, that BEC section. So that was, that was pretty interesting experience, but yeah, that's where I kind of really just for like you, like 18 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the listeners out there. I mean, I mean, you just need to you know, do the dedication of if, if that's what you want to do in life, then, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. put it as your priority. I mean, I had, I mean, I had like, yeah, work full time, you know, my kids, you know, you, you got to, uh, just the dedication piece of it. That obviously is a big part of it. So like, what kind of doors do you think, you know, having your license open for you? I know that you've been a real supporter of organizations like NAFOA and then so forth. So like, what kind of doors do you think it, it, it opens for you to having, having a licensure like that? Um, I, well, I think it, it did open a lot of doors for me. I mean, I'm, I mean, as soon as I graduated, you know, from, from the U of A, I mean, I was working at a number of different tribes. I started at Pasco Yaki tribe. Also worked for the Namu Nation, um, Tonawatam Nation here. Um, been here for 15 years, so I mean, it's, the door's still open for me. <laughs> yeah. And also um, also went to the University of Arizona. I was in their financial office for a little bit. And and um, yeah, I mean, I think what comes with having a CPA license is that whether you have um, staff or even leadership, they have that trust in in you and you know all the requirements that you have to do to maintain your license i mean that mm-hmm. shows that you're 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 dedicated to to that field and so they have you know this extra layer of trust that you're 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 doing your job and you're doing it right so long as you have that cpa after your name um yep. and so even going in and you know try to head into a new place that you're not familiar with you know i mean the the staff too the staff will have you know that trust that you're you're working on what you're working on is important, and then they know that that your leadership of the office is um and that they can um be proud of too. Yeah, absolutely right. It does carry some weight on the type of advice you give, the critical thinking and real uh, thought process you put to you know answers you give and so forth. So that's a uh, that's a good point. Now. In your role as 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 a treasurer, you work with a fairly sizable tribal nation here in Arizona, and I know that your team there is pretty sizable, and they're they're doing a lot of great things. And so, from your perspective, now that you know, in the past, a lot of tribes, you know, relied on, if you will, tribal gaming, and that's provided a lot of opportunity for tribes. That's opened a lot of doors. That's you know, help with uh, financial health overall for for tribes. A lot of the talk is, you know, it's it's starting to become kind of a saturated market, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, like in your opinion, you know, what are you know some things that 
are becoming of interest. For example, I know that there's been a lot of flux of tribes purchasing properties off the reservation, for example, on the Strip in Las Vegas. Other than, you know, gaming, like what do what have you seen that's been pretty well received and and, and successful? Um, I think, well, if, if you have in your advice, say, to the leadership of, uh, of a tribe, I mean, you can easily assess from, you know, from all the financial information that you get, you see like significant part of of your um, income might be from casino distributions. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, for I mean, you can say it's easily maybe more than 70, 80, maybe 90 percent of, of your operations might be from casino operation funding. And the the idea is to want to diversify that revenue. So you're not reliant on, say, casino distributions by itself. Now, internally, I mean, there's things that I've seen from from tribes, whether it's establishing like permanent fund, so so to speak, with mm-hmm. the idea that then with this permanent fund, if you keep it intact, keep the principle intact, that is, and eventually when it starts building up, keep contributing to it to a point where, you know, the investment income is going to be a significant amount. Um, mm-hmm. That's some of the things that kind of we do here at Toronto Nation is some things that I've seen at other tribes that that have those types of things. But the idea is to you know diversify revenue, not rely solely on just gaming enterprise, but you might add something like investment income. I think from uh, investment portfolio perspective, then yeah, I mean you can look at what types of investments that you want to get into. I mean sometimes. It's not a matter of just buying, you know, stocks and bonds. I mean, you can probably look at even private equity and in, in uh-huh. looking at buying um, actual businesses outright. Um, I mean, I, I was at an interview for a potential employment opportunity uh, some time ago, and I mean, I can see just from that and what I've researched with that particular tribe, I'm not going to say their name here, but I mean, that they have a whole arm of their operations that do that. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some, some other tribes that I see do the same thing. But I mean, you can get to a point where if you have the right personnel, go out, look at a business, see if there's some, you know, some type of valuation that can get from it. Look at it, look at the management, you know, just dissect the whole operation and see how you can improve it. And then you can you know, resell that operation or even keep it as a revenue stream. I mean, there's things like that that tribes are doing now. I mean, it's even something that we're not doing, but that's something right. that I would want to explore with the goal of diversifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how you pick up on these various things, I mean, it could be just networking, whether you're mm-hmm. conferences or even REDs conferences or NOFOs mm-hmm. And you see what other tribes are doing. You see, you hear their success stories, mm-hmm. and um, it, it kind of kind of inspires you to want to do something like that, and know that the overall goal is for the benefit of the tribe, you know, its operations, but also most importantly, you know, the enrolled members of that tribe. You know, right, right, right. Those are some good points. That definitely, I think that's been obviously more of the trend to identify what all the alternatives there are out there, you know, and we're getting close to a close here, but I want to kind of wrap up our, our discussion here now that you, you talked internally, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing that, you know, I've kind of noticed more and more um, is tribes are becoming more adapt to technology, right? And 
Obviously, technology now is trending towards artificial intelligence or AI. And uh, we know not every tribe is at that speed. Like you said, it, it takes a good team to kind of understand that. Mm-hmm. So in your mind, you know, just for some of the listeners out there, like what, from a technology standpoint, have you seen that maybe will yield some good return? I know that obviously the one of the biggest ones that is working virtually, you know, <laughs> so yeah. we're, we're, we're talking right now virtually, you know, so any, anything that comes to mind with respect to that, I know that, you know, uh, that's probably something, you know, you think about and okay, how can we reform this process faster? Like what kind of technology will help us, you know, push information quicker? Is there anything on your mind that maybe, you know, hey, uh, some of the listeners might be thinking about or, you know, that maybe even yourself and your team have been talking about? One thing that does come to mind, um, I don't know if it's kind of not the answer that you might be looking for, but I mean, I work here, Tonal Autumn Nation. I mean, we're a rural um, community, you know, we're, we're large. I mean, we have our central government operations coming out of cells. Arizona, but I mean, as as big as the the um, tribe is here, the nation. Um, I mean, we have districts that are all over, and mm-hmm. and in in some cases, some of those districts they have to travel all the way here to um, cells, whether it's just to pick up a check, you know, or or turn in funds for like money that they've used. And so, yeah. having the ability to use technology to be able to serve, you know, these rural communities, I think it'd be a good thing to take advantage of. I mean, we're, we're in a day in time when, you know, there's electronic banking is, is, is where it's at. I mean, I don't even have cash in my wallet anymore. It's just a a card, but what we're seeing um, with the new accounting system that you referenced earlier, um, we are implementing a new accounting system and, from this system, we see a lot of opportunities that we can use to um, utilize IT, but to make it easier, whether it's just an internet interface to accept payment. Um, mm-hmm. So whether other entities, like maybe it's a utility service that we have, maybe just showing like online payments. Um, so a lot of that takes just time and looking at demos. That's kind of like what I've been doing, you know, working with the banks and seeing what services that they can offer. Um, with the idea that we we don't want to make it a burden for someone just to travel all the way here to sales, which might be a two-hour drive for some people, um, and have them do a bunch of their their um, whatever financial needs be done, or even it's not financial, but services um, that we can provide. I mean, I'm just brainstorming right now, but I mean, as an example, if, if it's enrollment cards, why can't we have something like the state of Arizona? And being able to, you know, submit your application um, online to the state of Arizona and get your driver's license in the mail. You're not even going anywhere. But, I mean, to be able to do that, say, just for an enrollment card. And so, I mean, there's a lot of, I think there's like tons of opportunity where we can improve in our services and, and make it more um, available to, you know, remote communities and, and, and do that with using technology. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, that's, those are some great ideas. Kind of hyping me up, Brian. <laughs> no, you know, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely, 
a lot of things that are on my mind too, about how, how can we, you know, improve a lot of the processes so that tribes are more forward thinking, you know, and that's awesome. Um, and I tell you what though, man, like in sales, you know, all, all, all my years I worked out there, mm-hmm. I, everywhere I've been in any country, I, I still, no place beats a sunset in sales, Arizona. I always remember that experience. Yeah. I'd say, yep, yep. I, I can't get back to that Sonora Desert, man. It's just, it's just crazy <laughs> beautiful out there. But um, yeah, those are some good points. And, you know, Ryan, I, I really appreciate your time. I know you're um, pulled in many different directions. And I, I definitely want to say thank you so much for joining us today. And, you know, any any follow-up questions or anything like that, please, you know, feel free to, Get on rdw.com and take a look at our, our podcast series. We're definitely looking forward to getting more professionals like Ryan on the podcast to get more ideas and, and really push to get this type of information out there. So Ryan, once again, thank you so much for, for jumping on today. Yeah, no, no, thank you. I mean, this I, I enjoyed this and it's um, yeah, very special. Thank you for uh, yeah. inviting me to do this. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. We hope this time has benefited you. For more information or to connect, please visit redw.com.